0: really sorry she told you that. I was going to tell you about that. She fell on her ass in a blackberry bush and got blackberry juice all over her shorts. Um, Mary Beth asked me some time ago to um, pick a step to talk on. And of course I said yes, but... Um, all the while I was thinking well, I'd sooner speak on my specialist subject of me, um but okay, I'll do step eight then um, in fact, Mary Beth offered me the choice of several I can't remember now um and I actually picked step eight to talk about because i had i had quite a few problems with with step eight um that I thought i could um I could share about um when i first came to al anon the the group i was attending had quite a high proportion of newcomers in it um because there are, there's not a huge choice of al anon groups uh in england as there is here and a lot of them seemed to be talking about the problems of step 4 and 5 and how scary step 4 and 5 were going to be and I picked up the impression of, of this, this huge hurdle of step four and step five. And I'd sit there in meetings and I'd hear people say, you know, I've been coming to Eleanor for five years and I'm nearly ready to do my step four. Um, and, and so I got the impression that it was, it was a really, um, difficult thing to do. Uh, and so when I finally got around to doing it, because I also picked up that you obviously couldn't do it straight away. You had to be in al for about four or five years before you could do it as well. When I finally got around to, to doing it myself, um, I almost mentally sort of gave myself a pat on the back and said, well, that, that's it then. That's the hurdle. And now I just coast through the remaining steps um, and, you know, take them on the nod, as it were. Uh And so... The first time I looked at step eight, um I didn't even write them down. I didn't write the list. I thought, why why do you have to go to the bother of picking up a pen and a piece of paper? You just sort of mentally create a list and sort of know who's gonna be on there and, and that'll be it. Um and the the people I feel most embarrassed about I'll go around and apologize to and so that's eight and nine, that's done. Um so, last year, um, when we were at the British Convention, I had been making um, some efforts to think about um, Step 8, and sub- uh, consequently Step 9, um, at the time, and, and hence the reason I, um, I volunteered to talk about it this time. Um, So the first time through, not not very good. Um, but that, that's okay. I think that's the magic of the 12 steps. You don't have to be perfect every time. You don't have to do them brilliantly, perfectly for the first time and then never ever do them again. You know, it's a constant work in progress. Um, and it was okay that I was aware that I hadn't done them particularly well the first time because I was willing to go through it and do it again. Um, so. Okay, we're gonna go and do it again and, and this time I want to do it, you know, properly. Um and the problem was I couldn't get a pen and a piece of paper and me in a room at a time that was convenient. Um that day, that week, that month, that three months. Um there was always something better to do. And I couldn't understand why I was finding it so hard to pick up a a pen and a piece of paper. Well, there's never a pen in our house anyway, but, you know. Um, I just, I was was blocked in some way, and I couldn't understand why. And I spoke to my sponsor and asked her how she'd gone about um, doing Step Um, 8. And I explained that I was having a problem here picking up a pen and a piece of paper. And she said, well, perhaps you don't really believe that you've harmed anybody. And that sort of hit the nail on the head, because that was right. I still believe that I hadn't harmed anybody, um, despite going through um all the previous steps. There's still a small part of my brain that considered myself saintly. Um, how could I have possibly have done any harm to anybody else? and so the first thing i had to do was to um to get to understand the concept of how i could have harmed somebody um because step 8 is in two parts it's making a list of all persons that we had harmed and then becoming willing to make the amends so it's a bit of making the list of the people that i was having the problems with um So I had to revisit um the the previous steps. Um I had to understand that as we say in the Al Anon programme, you know, it's like ripples on a pond when you start attending Al Anon and change your behaviour. Um equally, negative, destructive behaviour is like ripples on a pond and I could have unwittedly have caused harm um without appreciating it at the time. So I went back to step four and had another look at my inventory, um, and I st- still agreed with what I'd written, <laughs> mainly. Um, there was still a fair quantity of you know, good qualities as well as the bad. Um, but in this particular step I had to sort of focus more on the negative and I know they say you don't do that in Alanon, but in this particular case um to identify the um the harm that I'd done I had to um look at the more negative character traits and see if these could have impacted in some way on um on the people around me. And I'd got plenty of them. Um and I, I always put down my my sort of poor behaviour um due to my appalling taste in literature as a um as a teen. Um I had uh between the ages of about twelve and fourteen I had a real sort of um interesting it's, it's crappy love Literature, you know, Mills and Boone is at home. I don't know what it's here, but it's always the same thing. You know, young girl goes out to wild Australian outback, ranch, meets handsome rancher, falls in love despite the odds. You know, um, and this this really appealed to me because they're always sort of quite small, plain, shy sort of girls. He was always big, muscular, handsome, and um, swept off her feet. You know, and um, this plus the um, the fact that um my mother had an appalling taste in Hollywood movies and filled the house with um what it, LPs then, what my kids call those big plastic things. Um you know, Oklahoma, South Pacific, you know, all the old um MGM films where small plain girl meets fabulously rich, handsome and all the rest of it. Um And so I grew up thinking that's what married life would be, and I think this was the seed for my later disappointment, Um, because when I met and married um, Man of My Dreams, um, that's where the crib sheet stopped, because the Mills and Boons and the Hollywood movies always stopped at that point, didn't they? It was all about the falling in love and da-da-da. Um, and then, but they didn't tell you what happened in the rest of the their lives. You know, they lived happily ever after, but how did they do that? Um, well, I'm sure he didn't go off and crawl into a bottle for a kick-off. Um, so we were completely off script, and i was sort of looking forward to being um looked after i guess um protected and um suddenly i was married to someone who um was weak had a weakness um, he was sort of needy um i needed to do stuff that i would expect you know one of my dreams to to have done. Um, and this caused my increasing, um, feelings of resentfulness and, um, I was judgmental, I was impatient. I've got a whole list here I could go through. Um, and I think it was all, it was all, say, seeded in those sort of early, early days of my expectations of what a marriage would be like and, and my complete lack of understanding of well first i didn 't know he was drinking anyway, but even when i I knew when I suspected and then I knew he was, um, I had no appreciation of alcoholism as a disease and therefore was was not sympathetic um, so as I went into Al-Anon, I considered myself quite heroic as as many of us do um, i've had loads of people share this you know we've been holding the whole show together um or we feel we have we've we've brought up the kids practically as single parents um we've done everything we've you know we've, we've kept the thing going um and i had no real understanding that any of that might be considered harmful in any way um because I just thought I was just doing, well, it was, I was just doing the best I could on, on, on that day. Um, so I had to go back to step four uh, and have a look at some of these things. Um, and I tackled it in a number of different ways. Um, I think in the, um, I mean, I, I always turn to this um, pastor recovery book, um when i'm looking at the steps i, f- I find that very helpful because it's got some um at the end of each chapter it 's got some little questions at the end that sort of quite you know focus your mind um, so I think they suggest in there that you write um a list you first of all you say who you've harmed and how you've harmed them, what you did, and how you intend to make some sort of amends um I found it. I, I, I did that, but then I also found it helpful to um, write a list of, of character traits. And, um, you know, like angry. Well, who was I angry with? Um, you know, In what circumstances was I angry? And, you know, what did I do? And how could I have caused harm? And I found that you, you generate another list, and it's the same people appearing over and over again. Um, but it also throws up um, some unexpected names as well so I, I found that very useful sort of preparatory to um to doing the um the list that they suggested um and it's it's a good way of brainstorming because when i initially wanted to write the list um obviously you know you, you the people that are in your life are sort of going out in in uh, concentric circles, you know, you've got your partner and your kids and your parents and you go further and further and further out. Well, obviously the most damage that you can, um, you can cause, the most harm you can cause are the people living in the same house with you. And so usually featuring, you know, a large on the list as uh, my, uh, husband and my children. It's also suggested in the, um, in the literature that if there were any people in your life that you found uncomfortable, to be around, Um, you had to look at yourself and to decide what part they were, um, what what part you had played in in those feelings. Um, And it was, it was, it was interesting that people came up that I found to be, I felt very uncomfortable to be around. Um, And I couldn't really see what harm I'd done to them, and I couldn't understand why I was feeling so uncomfortable to be around these these people. Um, it turns out some of them were just plain horrible, and I just didn't like them um, so I mean you can what I needed to guard against was to go from being the totally blameless individual. To the totally, completely at fault for everything individual, and go to the other extreme. Um, my uh my previous next door neighbour, who was a deeply unpleasant man, appeared on it, and then after some while disappeared off it. So I decided that I played no part in that. He was just obnoxious, um, but he he was on there for a while, and and he was considered. Um, like step four and step five are sort of almost joined at the hip, I always feel that step eight and step nine are sort of partners. Um, step eight is is the thinking step. You're going to think about doing a specific. You're going to do a specific task. You're going know, to write a list, but this is preparation for step nine. Um, And this is not where you make amends, but where you think about making amends. And that was an important distinction for me to make, because once I decided I was going to do step eight and then nine, I wanted to rush off and make amends all over the place before I decided what was appropriate enough. Um, So as I said, you know, giving enough time, people may come on, people may go off. Um, My own list turned out to be quite short. And I thought that was because I wasn't doing it right um which is always my first inclination i either, i'm either doing a thing perfectly or i'm not doing it right you know there's no there's no balance um so again i w- went and visited my sponsor spoke to her about it um and we talked about what what i was doing and she felt that i was i was doing okay and and told me to carry on um but what about putting myself on the list um and I had to think about that one because I I didn't know whether this, this is a very sort of sort of well used phrase I I did it I made a list of all persons that I had home and I put myself on the top of the list. And people trot that out pat at at meetings. Um and I wasn't sure initially whether you should have put yourself on the uh the, the list of amends. It's it struck me as being a little bit selfish, particularly the bit that puts yourself at the top of the list, but that, that was only my way of thinking. Um, but I considered whether I had um, harmed myself in some way. And I came to the conclusion that I probably made, I, I probably had harmed myself in some way. I'd been the person that made myself unhappy by my attitudes and my behaviour. I had um been very um very cold and very resentful and that had made me very unhappy. Um now there was no reason for that because by this time um my husband had been in AA for four years. He was no longer drinking. I got I hadn't got that accusation to Sort of flinging his face. Um, the reason I was unhappy is because I was making myself unhappy by my, con- you know, continuous negative thoughts. Um, and so, after thinking about it, I, I put myself on the list, but I put myself at the bottom it was a compromise. Um, the second part was became willing to make amends, not to rush out. And make them, but to feel genuinely that you'd like to make things right between you and other people um, and again, the literature here is is very um, is very helpful in fact the uh, the speaker at the luncheon uh alluded to the fact that you might want to subdivide your list in some way um, i can 't remember how she categorized it, but I put immediately one day and when hell freezes over um As far as I was concerned, Um, the reason it asks you to become willing, I believe, is it's like when I was a kid and my brothers and sisters, you know, were were fighting, and Mum would come out and say and make say sorry, you know, and make you apologise to somebody else. And you would have to say it because she was your mum and she was, you know, the all-powerful one and she could make you say sorry. Um, but you could have your fingers crossed behind your back and you didn't have to mean it. Uh, and I, I think that's the crux of step eight for me. You genuinely want to make your life better by putting this stuff behind you. Um And I think it's also okay to recognise the fact that in some cases you can't find the willingness today; it's just not there. Um, but put it on the list. Put it on the "when hell freezes over" portion of the list, and you may find that you know, subsequently um, you will be able to to manage it. Um, so that's that's how I. Um, went about step eight. It was—it was surprisingly difficult. Um, it, it's, it's surprisingly difficult to create the feeling that you're the centre of everybody's universe, you know, this big ego thing that I have going on. Uh, yes, at the same time, believe that I'm so insignificant I couldn't possibly have hurt anybody else. Um, so, if if anybody is thinking about doing step eight. Um, The, the advice I would give you, I guess, is to, um find a pen and a piece of paper, um and just recognise the fact that it's, none of the steps, uh, are on any, any sort of timer. Um you can take as long as you like or as short as you like. I've been coming to Alanon now for nearly seven years. Um, I still feel I'm very much of a novice when it comes to working the steps. There was a, um, a newcomer that came up last night, and uh, he was talking about doing his own version of um, AA. And uh, I worked my own version of um, Alamon for a long time. Um, in fact, I think it was about my second meeting. I was sort of mentally rewriting the steps to make them, you know, scan better. Um but it will be it'll be seven years in uh in October. Um it was on uh Halloween when I went, appropriately enough. And um I think it's probably only the last couple of years I could consider myself a grateful member of Al Anon. I was a I've been a resentful member of Al Anon, I've been an unwilling member of Al Anon uh I've been an extremely pissed off member of Alanon. Um but I kept going back and even that very first meeting when I went just to prove to myself that it was complete rubbish. Um so I could, you know, just strike that one off the list, tried it, didn't work. Um even though I went with every intention of just trying it once, like the the lady said today um i felt I found something in the rooms and felt something that has kept me coming back um week after week um I now go to um a regular Sunday night meeting in Rotherham, which is just outside sheffield um I was instrumental in helping setting up that group and was gonna just go for six months just to get it started and three years later, I'm still going back to that same group um it's grown and it's healthy and it's very welcoming It's unusual in our area that it sometimes has more men than women um in it because um eleon is produ- uh, predominantly um filled with women in uh in england um, and like everybody else has said um speakers uh this uh this weekend um I continue to get so much from Al-Anon. Um I have achieved a sort of a calmness and a serenity that I never believed that I could possibly have um i I try to bring that um those feelings and bring the program in every aspect of my uh life uh my family life and my working life um and I do that by working steps going to meetings regularly, talking to my sponsor regularly, uh, and keep coming back. Thanks very much.